0: Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to You 100 Radio. I'm really pumped for this episode. We haven't done one of these in a while. Very nutrition-focused and bringing back my co-coach, Jessica Herdlicka. She is our nutrition coach inside of You 100 and- I tell you, she's just a wealth of knowledge and all, like all those things that you feel like you should know at diagnosis that you don't, Jess really pulls in in that restriction-free approach. Um, if you don't know Jess, she is somebody who just encourages you to eat all the foods that you want to eat without that restriction and always asking, how can we add things in rather than how can we take things out? And that's something that I really admire about her approach. So I will have you introduce yourself, Jess, and just give you the mic.
1: Yeah, hi everyone. I'm Jessica. I'm a registered dietitian and a diabetes educator now for over a decade. Um I myself do not have diabetes, but I work exclusively with people with diabetes and I'm so happy to be here and yeah, share all the things that your endo is not talking to you about when it comes to food and nutrition.
0: <laughs> Which is why I'm really excited for this new segment that we're doing and we're going to kick it off tonight or well, today on this episode. So I feel like every time I go on Instagram there's always like different posts or I'm getting DMs and that are asking like hey I know that this is a a dumb question but Or, hey, I know I should probably know this, but, and I just want to kind of like take away that stigma that there are dumb questions around diabetes. And this was actually kind of inspired by, if you're a Taylor Swift fan like me, you've been probably hearing about the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey um, new love story. And Travis Kelsey has a podcast where they, I think it's called like No Dumb Questions or something like that. And they take questions from their fans about football and they talk about it on the podcast and I thought that was such a cool concept of like let's kind of take away that stigma that there are dumb questions around diabetes or really anything and bring them to the you know bring them to the limelight in a a platform like this so we've been kind of looking at all these different questions on reddit and I'll link to the different questions here. But we figure that, like, if these questions are on Reddit, they're probably questions that you either have or may have had in the beginning of your diabetes journey. Um, so we're going to bring them into the podcast today. We're going to kind of take the topic of newly diagnosed nutrition. So all the things that you probably a didn't learn at diagnosis, or if you are newly diagnosed, probably questions that you have. So we're going to dive into the first question, and this comes from Reddit. Again, I will link it in the show notes if you want to check out the other comments that were left. But the first one comes from a user, and they ask, I was diagnosed with diabetes just two months ago. So far, I've been able to be quite precise with my carb counting because I weigh all of my food. I'm able to do so because I haven't eaten out since then. Everything I eat is home cooked. Um, And this was written, I guess, during kind of like during the the mist of COVID. When COVID is over, I would like to be able to go out again with my family and friends and be able to eat out with them. I'm curious to know how you count your carbs when eating out if the restaurants you go to don't provide nutrition chart for their foods. I think this is such a big question, even if you weren't diagnosed in COVID or like even recently diagnosed, because again, nobody really talks to you about how do kind of take into consideration carb counting in these high variability moments. So I'm going to pass this off to you, Jess, and kind of get your perspective of like, what are some tools that we can bring in in these high variability scenarios that will make it kind of easier on our blood sugars?
1: Yeah, this is definitely a good question. And we hear this a lot too, you know, in keeping it 100 and that kind of anxiety of going out to eat and what is that going to look like? And how do I know what I'm you know going to get? Um, <clears throat> So, you know, first I would say, you know, kudos to this person too, for like weighing and measuring. I think that's such a powerful foundation for when you do start to go out and eat different foods, because you have a really good idea of portion sizes. Um, So that is great that you're already doing that. And you already have an idea, of course, of like which foods have carbs, which is really important. Um, so a couple of tools you can use. Um, if it's a specific restaurant that you know what kind of food it's going to be, you can always look up a couple um, things that you might want to order. So if it's Italian food, maybe you look up um, spaghetti and meatballs, maybe you look up lasagna or chicken parmesan just to get an idea. Even if it's not that exact same restaurant, at least you can get a few different restaurants and look at the average of what the carb counts would be for that food item. Um, if the restaurant does have any kind of like pictures on their website or their social media, that's also really helpful too, so that you understand what kind of portions that they're giving you. Um, because we've all been there where you get a huge plate or you think you were gonna get more and you know you're not sure what you're getting. Um, the other thing. <clears throat> You could do again if there's certain foods that you like, look them up, save them in a notes app in your phone so you can go back to that. So you kind of have a reference and you're not um, looking things up during the meal, which sometimes can be um, a little tricky when you're chatting with everyone. And I think just using tools um, in terms of measurements, like the fist method, which we talk about. So if you're not familiar, like a closed fist for women is going to be about one cup of food. Whereas a closed fist for men is about a cup and a half. So if I was looking at a fistful of pasta, I would estimate that around being like 50 carbs. Whereas if I was a man, a closed fist of pasta might be like 60, 65 carbs, something like that. So you can use those kind of tools to, um, your hands or your open palm, maybe like three ounces of something can be a way if you're looking at it, if you have a bigger hand or a smaller hand. Um, and I think too, just remembering that this is a muscle that you have to build, right? It takes practice. Even if you don't nail the carb counts or your dose, that first try doesn't mean that you can't do it again. You definitely want to try that food again um, and work with your dosing to make it work for your blood sugars.
0: That's such a good point. Like, I really love your point about looking at pictures because somebody like me, I'm very visual, right? So like, Yesterday, for example, we went into New York City for my best friend's birthday, and we went to like this, such a really bougie brunch place that I probably wouldn't go to again. But I had no idea like what we were looking at. And of course, I got avocado toast with like an egg because I'm like PFF, you know, easy, easy brunch item that I was comfortable with. And I'm really glad that I actually didn't dose, I didn't like pre this because I thought I was going to get like loaded avocado toast. And this place, such a ripoff. It's $20, but it was like a single piece of bread. And I'm like, I should have looked at that before. Like I I'm a big Instagram person. I should have like gone to their tagged photos and seen exactly what I would get. But yeah, that's a that's a key point right there. I love that.
1: Yeah. And also just um, you know, looking up other restaurants you know even if it's like burger buns like what is mcdonald's burgers bun what is burger king's burger bun so then when you go to the restaurant you already you kind of already have an idea of like okay i remember the size of this and what it looks like so i can kind of translate that you know we had someone in our group that was talking about pastries so we were like let's use starbucks and Dunkin' and donuts as references that we can use for when you're in that situation for maybe a cafe that doesn't have their nutrition facts
0: yes i'm a big i'm a big um what do I use a lot? I use for Waynes, I'll use Buffalo Wild Wings because they have a really extensive nutrition menu. And then I use Chipotle a lot for like kind of like the Mexican like burrito bowl type situation and um, Chick-fil-A for like fried chicken type, like crispy chicken. Like using those tools, I feel like even if it's not exact, it's still going to get you better, like a better estimate than if you were to just guess off the top of your head, especially when you're newly diagnosed and you don't maybe... N- not so accustomed to counting carbs is that was like the first thing for me i literally asked my friend who's a nutrition major when i was diagnosed at 19 i was like what is a carb what's too many how like what does that even look like she's like i don't really know if i can help you with this right now <laughs> we we're freshmen
1: Right. Yeah. And that's a good point to have like those tools or those apps you know, there's so many good carb counting apps that you can use as reference, um, when you're going out to eat and, and save those notes of, you know, what you ordered last time, um, what you thought it was. And, you know, also too, when you're looking at those meals, if you're not sure how much you're going to eat, you can always, you know, bolus for half of it now, and then do the rest later. Um, that can be really helpful too when you're, you know, newly diagnosed. Sometimes you want to bowls for the whole plate without thinking about, oh, am I actually going to finish the whole plate or or not?
0: Yeah. Those serving sizes can be really big. Like if you're not going to a bougie brunch place like I did.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: The That is perfect. I think like a perfect rundown of taking it. And like, I think we talked about this. I did an episode about like adding carbs back into your diet. But one of the main points from that was like, Start with takeout. You know, like if you're not comfortable having food at a restaurant or you're not sure like what you're going to get, like start by bringing it home to you on like a Friday night. There's no harm in like starting small and trying it differently. Um, So I really love this. I want to move into our next question too, because this is another really good one. Um, So these are mentions I was diagnosed back in April of this year and haven't been great at managing my blood sugar. I know for a fact my diet is to blame, but I have no idea on where to start in terms of changing my diet. I cut out a lot of sugar and pasta, but that clearly isn't doing much. So I'm not sure what else to do or what foods I should be eating or trying. I'm also a really picky eater. So for the past seven months, I've been living off of fruit, chocolate milk, water, and chicken. So I guess what I'm looking for is advice on what I should be trying and how to actually get myself to try new foods. I'm willing to elaborate, if I didn't give enough information, but all advice is heavily appreciated. This is another really great question, especially when you're newly diagnosed, because I feel like there's also that fear factor of like, what am I allowed to eat? I felt that way for sure, especially being a young adult whose diet was very carb influenced. And then again, adding like Crohn's into the midst, I was like so scared of foods. And if you throw in like being a picky eater, that can be really tricky too. So I guess maybe let's like dissect this a little bit in terms of like she mentioned, she or he mentions, I cut out a lot of sugar and pasta, but that's clearly not doing much. I guess just like, if you were to kind of take a look at that, of how those things are influencing your blood sugars and maybe like why that's not the problem, what would you say about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, and like you said, when you're first diagnosed, it's like, what can I eat? But also there's so many influences in your ear of like, don't eat this. You should be eating this. You should be doing this. So it makes it definitely more muddy. And so, you know, those two foods alone, we have to really look at like the bigger picture of your diet, right? Because we know at the end of the day, it's not really about sugar. It's, it's more about the carbs how, though, how particular carbs affect your blood sugar, right? Because everybody's different. And then what's the overall balance of your meal. Um, and I would really encourage, you know, whoever this person is to start, you know, just looking at food, not from the lens of good or bad or, you know, high sugar, low sugar, but how does this food impact my blood sugar? How does this food make me feel? Um, what am I noticing after eating these certain foods? So, Even though uh, maybe they reduced sugar or pasta, if we're still maybe not having a full balanced meal, that's why we always talk about PFF, right? With the proteins and the fats and the fibers in the meal, Um, or if they're not maybe looking at their portion sizes or not staying hydrated, you know, these can all affect your blood sugar.
0: Yeah, that's incredibly important. I feel like it's like, again, because... Carbs are kind of the thing that influence blood sugars the most the quickest or the most drastically. We kind of tend to label them as bad. And it's like, no, it's just how it impacts your blood sugars when there's so many other different variables as well. And like, how can we manipulate those or how can we get it to work for our blood sugars? So I think that kind of leads us into the next part of the question, which is, you know, what else can I be eating or trying or like what other things? can I be doing that can influence my blood sugars or support my blood sugars instead of just trying to eliminate?
1: Yeah. And if you're a picky eater, it can definitely be difficult. But again, um, like Lissy, you were saying before, like baby steps with those things, right? So if, you know, I would go back to what are the things that you like? So this person mentioned they cut out pasta. I would say if they like pasta and that's their thing, then let's find a way to make that pasta meal more balanced so that we can have better blood sugar. So a couple different ways you could do that. You could try a higher fiber pasta, like some of the chickpea pasta or lentil pasta. You could do something like a meat sauce or put the chicken with the pasta to get that protein. Um, And if you're somebody who is not big on veggies, because I hear this a lot, I always ask people, okay, do you like raw veggies better? Do you like cooked veggies better? Um, Start with that. Cause some people are like, okay, cooked veggies. Absolutely not, but I'll eat a salad. And I'm like, perfect. You can eat a salad with your pasta and that can balance it out. Um, If you really don't like any veggies, sometimes cutting them up small, like mixing them into things that you already enjoy the flavor of, or even blending them like into a pasta sauce can be an easy way to start. But also too, if you haven't, had a vegetable in a while, I highly encourage you to try it again. Our taste buds change about every seven years. So you may like something that you didn't like growing up, or maybe you didn't like the way your mom or your grandma, whoever in the house was cooking it, but maybe you like it prepared a different way. So sometimes just trying something new, I know it can be scary and you don't have to finish the whole thing if you don't like it. Um, but just adding one thing can, um, can help you to, to start broadening your horizons with trying different foods. But definitely the first thing is, yeah, take those things you like and just find a way to balance them. Even if that's a sandwich, you know, can we add lettuce, tomato to the sandwich, you know, little things like that. And we can build from there.
0: So why is that important for, to add things like fiber?
1: Yeah. So fiber um, slows down your blood sugar spikes because essentially it's slowing down digestion of the meal. And especially when we're talking about carbs, like things like pasta or bread, like you said before, let they digest the quickest, they impact our blood sugars the quickest. So by adding things like protein, fiber, um, fats, like cheese or avocado, those really slow down digestion. So we won't see as quick of a spike after eating. Um, And also too, it just helps us to feel more full and energized after eating as well. And especially when you're in that place of newly diagnosed and you're cutting out so many foods, it really sucks to be hungry all the time, you know, and adding those other elements can help you feel more full.
0: Yes. And I noticed too, because this is something that I use in my daily life too. Like I use this, I use the PFF method, protein, fat, and fiber for anyone listening, pretty much with like most meals. Like in the morning, I use it with my oatmeal. I use it with my smoothies pasta everything. I notice too that I'm a lot less reactive with my decisions when I'm using this tool because again like you mentioned it's slowing down the spike. So I feel like I have a lot more time to like decide what my next move in my next move is. So like if I'm having pasta on its own and my blood sugar is spiking really quickly, I feel a lot more reactive to like Go for a walk or like um rage bolus and bring my blood sugar down really quickly. Whereas if it's slower and even if it's going high, I have more time to kind of like make a more rational decision and kind of like use the tool strategically rather than just doing what I can to get the blood sugar down, which usually leads to a low blood sugar because I'm being too reactive about it. So I think just that's like another point to make about like why it's a good tool to use.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know when you have those balanced meals, you're really supporting your energy, you're supporting your brain and your muscles, but also you're, because you're staying fuller for longer, you're not feeling the need to like snack all day. You know, when we're just going for carbs, then it's like we eat and then an hour later we're hungry again. So we eat again. And then an hour later you're eating again. And so that can, you know, make it a little bit more difficult, um, especially when you're new to the timing of insulin and how to dose for certain things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think like a major, a, a game changer for me, at least, because again, like I've, I've been through this a lot of like diagnosed at 19, not sure what I can eat. Diagnosed with Crohn's at 23, not sure what I can eat. Like I try to now how I look at things is like, what would I normally gravitate to, to your point of like, what's your preferences? What do you naturally enjoy? Like, what did I like before living with type 1 diabetes? Like what were the foods that I naturally brought into my diet? And just like, what are ways that I can make that work for my blood sugar, whether it's by adding in those like protein, fat and fiber, if it's adding in a pre water, a walk, whatever those tools are, like trying to get away from the mindset of like, because I'm t- I'm living with type 1 diabetes, I can't eat this. I think that was the most damaging perspective for me in the beginning. And that's why I had it like, that ruined my relationship with food, my body, like just living with diabetes i resented a lot so i really like the add in approach
1: yeah and even like what that person said and in, in their question was like i know my my diet is causing a lot of things when and unfortunately a lot of people think that you know when they're first diagnosed well my diet is causing these things to happen or my diet is the cause of my diabetes and that that's not true you know what you're eating didn't cause whether you have type 1 or type 2 didn't cause your diabetes so yeah it's kind of that like you said I'm sure it took you a while too to like unlearn that learning of oh shoot this is you know my fault and certain things I can't eat and so forth
0: yeah and it definitely doesn't help that like a lot of times in our practitioner's office and I know that you do not talk to your patients this way but a lot of times like the first question is like well what did you eat here or like what does your diet look like and have you tried the lower carb option for x y and z and it's like because those are the very first pieces of advice that we get when we see a high blood sugar it's like the first thing that we're kind of we're, we're taught to look at and it kind of takes a lot more investigating and like looking on social media for accounts like yours or or other people's stories to learn that like no, it doesn't have to be that way. So I'm hoping if anything, if you, know, you find this and you're newly diagnosed, you know that it doesn't have to be that way. That doesn't have to be the first solution that you lean towards. And if you're a few years into your diagnosis and you're like, that's not the solution that I want to continue using, then there are other options for you to lean on. But I'm really excited about this new segment. I'm like I really want to continue answering questions like this. So we would love for you to send in your own questions. So whether you want to be completely anonymous or you want to, whatever you prefer, um, you can go ahead and DM us on our Instagram page. It's at KI100official underscore. I'll link it in the show notes in case you can't remember that. And any questions that you have about like nutrition, fitness, um, hormones, just anything diabetes uh, related, go ahead and ask us because we love doing these episodes and bringing real life applications. That's one of the main things that we do inside of Keep 100 too. Like, we're all about not just basic responses or basic answers for questions, we're always about implementation and strategizing and seeing how we can actually integrate these strategies or conversations into your everyday life. So yeah, feel free to shoot us a DM on Instagram, anything that you want us to talk about on the podcast, any questions that you have that you want us to answer. um, And we will absolutely do more episodes. We're going to record another episode right after this, all about nutrition labels. So if that's another thing that you want to hear more about, stay tuned because that episode will be coming out shortly. But thank you so much, Jess, for hopping on this episode.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.